Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform in the person you want to become. Today, I'm talking with Chris Cannon. Chris is a nationally recognized speaker and creator of the Confidence Academy with over 15 years of experience and hundreds of satisfied clients. His work has been featured internationally and frequently quoted by industry experts. Audiences often express their appreciation for the positive impact his award-winning, interactive, non-traditional presentations have on them. Chris provides practical, powerful strategies that provide real results and can be implemented immediately. He skillfully teaches you how to go from tragedy to triumph, from pitfall to powerful, and from regrets to rewards. As a committed father and husband with a strong belief in investing in people, he draws his strength from his family. Shortly after graduating from Eastern Michigan University, he began sharing his personal journey of becoming a victim of your own choices, which is transforming lives as far reaching as the confident continent of Africa. He has, um, he's very, He's very deep in his confidence space and, his, and, and, and what surrounds that self-image and all that. We talk a lot about that. Some good practical advice in there. Some good, um, really good tips on, on self-talk and, and being aware of that and these words we choose. Very, very cr- critical. A lot of times we, we, we neglect to, to um, see what we're telling ourselves. The things that we tell ourselves in our head, a lot of times you would never tell your worst enemy. The things you're telling yourself, the way you're acting, the way you're conducting, um, just to yourself. And, and how we degrade ourselves. Um, it's very powerful. And he has got some good techniques and some good lessons and different things in there. We, this mainly what we talk about. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy our conversation with Chris. Chris, welcome to the show. I appreciate you getting on here. Uh, I look forward to having a quick chat here. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And no also, problem. I like the work that you're doing. So keep up the great work. I appreciate it. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. I'm glad we got to connect here. Um, I'd like to, I guess, start off with um, how, why did, did you, did you come up with the Confidence Academy? I think that's one of the things you, you, you really are into. And I kind of wanted to talk more about that. Yeah. The, the reason being is because um, I've been doing motivational speaking for about 15 plus years now, mm-hmm. and it never fails. You know, when I go to different places and I speak, people want to talk to me afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the common themes that come up is their, in their own mind, their inability to do certain things. So some people want to write a book. They know I've written a book. And so they ask me different questions. Um, and over time, I would, I mean, I would take hours and hours talking to people one-on-one and it hit me, you know, why not create something that's, that's leverageable and you mm-hmm. can allow them to access it whenever they want to and get the results that they want because everybody's situation is not the same. Right. And so I began to get on this quest of really studying um, what holds people back? You know, mm-hmm. fear is one thing, but there's so many people that even succeed in the face of fear. So right. it's like, okay, what do those people have that these other people don't? Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, the, the Confidence Academy was, was kind of birthed out of that uh, desire to help people who really had value to offer to the world, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason was being held back from doing so. What were the, I guess, the, the most common things you were seeing? The, the most common things is I'm not enough. Mm. You know, what do I have to offer the world that they will want to listen to me? You know, and I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people feel like because what they know and what they have is theirs. Mm-hmm. They're like, why would people value this? I mean, you look at a, at a Tony Robbins or, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, or, you know, mm-hmm. whoever the case may be. It's like yeah. what makes their story or their platform any more or less powerful than anybody else's. It's like right. we all have our tribe of people who can really learn from us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't want to learn from those that have millions and millions of followers. They right. want to 
from that one person that doesn't have any followers, but they have a phenomenal story that that person can, can connect to. Mm-hmm. And so the common thing is that people feel like, you know, they're not enough. You know, what do I have that's really a value? Mm-hmm. And the fact is everything, no matter who you are, two things that we've all experienced in our life. We've all experienced hopelessness. Yeah. We've all experienced some kind of pain. And so it's like when you think about hopelessness, that's the thing that binds us together. Whenever we see a phenomenal movie, we don't want to see the boring movie where somebody was born a billionaire and their yeah. life was a goat. No, we want to see the person who was given up for adoption, almost died, and somehow he came back and became a millionaire and saved 20 million people in the process. We mm-hmm. want to see that story. You know, so right. that's the hopelessness. But, you know, a lot of us feel like, you know, we're not enough and we don't realize that the pain that we have is the very pain that somebody else is trying to look for a solution for. Mm. So it's like we can share our pain, you know, and how we got through it or our journey that gives them permission to number one, know that it's possible, but also it's possible for me. Cause mm. a lot of times people think that, that, that something is possible, but it's possible for everybody except me. Right. So when they see people that are like them, that overcame their, you know, story or painful experience, it lets them know that, that it is possible for them as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You see that even, um, even I, I guess for lack of a better term, the, the racial thing or whatever, like, oh, you're this, you know, this type of person from this area or this color skin, if they can do it, I can do it too. Cause I look like that. And I, I'm that type of person. That's very interesting. What is, um, one of the, I guess the one or two things, um, that help people kind of know there are enough or, or break through that, that, that roadblock of not feeling like they're enough. I think the, one of the biggest things is very, very simple. Just looking back at a past reference. Okay. You know, so for me, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, um, I'm an entrepreneur. And so, th- so with those three things, every single day, I'm facing some kind of uncertainty, yeah. something that I don't know, I haven't been faced with. Mm-hmm. I might've failed at before, but for me, my point of reference is my high school basketball coach. Okay. When I think about all of the times that I've run, I've thrown up, I've, you know, push-ups and, mm-hmm. and five o'clock in the morning practices. And it's like, okay, if I got through those things, yeah. what I'm facing here, I can definitely get through those things. You know, um, I don't have to run. I don't have to get up five o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to mm-hmm. vomit or anything like that. My life is not in jeopardy. So mm-hmm. everything else I can pretty much figure out, but I have that point of reference as my basis. And all of us, we have some kind of point of reference that we can refer back to to say, you know what? That point in time, I didn't know how I was going to get over it. I don't know, you know, how I was going to get the money or I didn't know how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It did. And if I can get through that, then I can get through this. Because so often we're, we're married to our current story mm-hmm. or we're married to our past story that keeps us stuck. But rarely do we find the other story that had us stuck, but we persevered and we didn't even know how we was going to get over it. And so I think the, the biggest thing is referencing to areas where we've already succeeded in to give us proof and evidence that we can continue to go forward. Because the, the only thing it is, is just proof. You mm-hmm. know, so often we look for proof as to why we're not enough, why we're ugly, why we're broke, why, but we just don't look for the right reference points. And I think that's one of the biggest things. So I guess the thing that comes to my mind is, is uh, reframing your situation in, in a way. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. So saying, okay, this is how it is now or today or whatever it is. Uh, I'm, I'm facing this now, but if I reframe this, you know, I had something similar before and I know I got through that and I'm here today. Is that, that's kind of accurate what you're saying? 
Exactly. And, and I don't yeah. care who you are. All of us, we've helped at least one person. Sure. You know, and I think the biggest thing in life is that we will let ourselves down way quicker than we'll let anybody else down. That's true. And so it's like when you think about that one person that you've helped or that one person that look up to you, that one person that depend on you, think about them for all of your choices. If they're going to drive you forward, don't think about yourself. Think mm -hmm. about doing it for that person. And yeah. that within itself will pull you and even push you to wherever you're trying to get to a lot quicker than if you just stay stuck and depend on yourself and stay stuck to your own story. Definitely. So one other thing I want to touch on, 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 uh, I guess, um, I kind of, I, I kind of want to, I guess, stay on the theme of confidence in a way. I like kind of where this is going. Uh, I think one of the big things I see, and then we talked about, I know we talked about before was self-esteem. Can we yes. kind of talk through that a little bit? Yeah. So, so a big thing is, you know, we use confidence a lot and confidence is just your ability to do something. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have a, a lot of confidence in tying my shoe because I've done it over and over again. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to self-esteem, that's really the issue that people have. And self-esteem is just the, the image that you have of yourself, the internal image that you have of yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the very thing that keeps people stuck. You know, so a lot of times we use confidence and self-esteem interchangeably because okay. people are more familiar with the term confidence and they want to be more associated with, with having confidence. Mm -hmm. But whenever somebody uses the word self-esteem, a lot of people, they immediately want to disassociate with it because they immediately think of somebody who's depressed, they're medicated, you know, mm -hmm. all of the negatives. But it's really just the internal image that you have of yourself. And when you, even when you hear the term self-esteem, and I'll talk about this in a minute, but our language is even so critical because yeah. we've associated negativity with self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And whenever self-esteem is really talked about, it's always somebody that has low self-esteem. Right. But when somebody has high self-esteem, we look at them as arrogant, you know, as or highly confident. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But it's like, I think we should introduce the term high self-esteem mm -hmm. back into the language because that's what it is. You know, and I think somebody should not be uh, demonized for having a positive self-image of themselves. Right. It's like we live in this culture where negativity is so profound mm -hmm. that we want to demonize people for thinking highly of themselves. You know, yeah. now don't get me wrong. I think there's a, a difference between somebody that's having, you know, high self-esteem and somebody who's just arrogant and a jerk and they think right. that you know, they walk on, you know, that's totally different. Mm -hmm. But in terms of self-esteem, it's really just the, the internal image that somebody have of themselves. And unfortunately, most of our self-esteem was developed and created and shaped and molded in the imprint period between the ages of, of zero and six. Right. You know, and so a lot of us, we have self-sabotaging behavior, mm -hmm. which was resulted in what somebody said or didn't say or did or did not do. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it does come from language because so much of our lives is reinforced from things that we were taught at an early age. We don't really understand how powerful our language are. Mm -hmm. And so a prime example, real here. So when you talk about things that lower your self-esteem, it's us in the things that we've been communicated. So for instance, we've been taught as a kid to, when you do something wrong, you say you're sorry. Mm -hmm. So you think about this for a minute. You did something wrong. You already feel bad about yourself. Right. Then somebody's telling you to say something negative to yourself. Because mm -hmm. you think about it. If somebody's across the street and you say that person is sorry, is that right. a negative or positive perception? Yeah, it's, right. it's negative. Right. Yeah. So why is it that we're taught to say it to ourselves? That's mm. just reinforcing negativity. Yeah. And so that kind of helps to diminish our self-esteem even further. Mm -hmm. And I know we don't have a lot of time, but all of us have four good. fears. 
Yeah. And okay. one of the fourth fear is the fear of being wrong. Mm. And we've heard the term self-fulfilling prophecy before. Mm-hmm. So if I have this negative image about myself, I have negative self-esteem, I have this negative language that I've been programmed to tell myself, then I have this fear of being wrong. It's like if I already have all of these other negative references about who I am as an individual, the biggest fear that I have is being wrong. Mm-hmm. So I want to be right because all of those things already point me in the right direction that I'm somebody who's low value, low self-esteem, you know, low self-worth. I can't do it. Who am I? And so many things around us just, you know, reinforces those things. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that self-talk, right? That that story in your head, that 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 dialogue that you keep telling yourself. I never thought of um, using the word I'm sorry as, you know, kind of demeaning yourself a bit. I always, I do feel like sometimes people use it as a crutch or if I say I'm sorry, I, everything kind of will smooth over and I don't really, <laughs> I don't really have to be sorry. I don't really have to, to, to learn any lessons or whatever here, but I, I like that. I'm going to stop using that, that term. I, I like the way you, you frame that. Um, with the, with the self-esteem and self-image and the self-talk and stuff that we're kind of talking about right now, um, what, what kind of, can somebody start, start doing that's really going to help accelerate this into a positive direction? I think one of the biggest things is really becoming a police of your own language. Mm. You know, so instead of saying like, I'm sorry, say I apologize. Okay. Because that's really what it is. You know, it's like when you apologize for something, there's redemption there, Mm. you know, because, you know, you apologize can lead to guilt, but, but sorrow, saying I'm sorry, it leads to shame. Ah. You know, and it's like shame is is a is a attack on who you are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guilty and and saying you're you apologize, that's an attack on something that you've done. You can mm-hmm. separate from that. You know, so okay. I think I think really becoming a police of your own language. Um even, you know, saying things like I can't. You know, yeah. uh cuz a lot of times we don't even realize it, but we lie to to make ourselves feel comfortable. Right. Um Hey, will you go here with me? You know, or are you available on Friday? No, I can't do it. No, that's that's really not honesty. You know, and yeah. a lot of times when we're not honest, we have internal conflict with ourselves that reinforces the negative head talk. So instead of saying I can't, say I choose not to. Right. That's more powerful and it's more accurate and it's more congruent with who you are as an individual because it also displays the power of choice. Because when you say I can't, uh, there's no choice in that. Now right. it just reinforces the victim mindset that a lot of people live with. But when you say, I choose not to, it's like, wow, people hear it. They might feel uncomfortable. They might even get pissed off, but they respect mm-hmm. it because they're like, wow, I never had anybody tell me I choose not to. Yeah. And that person is honest because I probably wouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so a lot of, a lot of um, like language patterns, you know, that are disempowering, you know, mm-hmm. and there's so many different things that people say that's that's disempowering to them. So, for instance, even when somebody they they mess up on something, man, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, yeah. uh, or they identify themselves as something negative. I'm always late, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm right. an early bird or I'm a, I'm a night owl or I'm a whatever. And so often we identify with these things that we've been programmed to condition to be mm-hmm. identified with because it's like, okay, if, if somebody says they're a night owl, but somebody said, listen, starting next week, if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, I'm going to give you a million dollars in a month. Mm-hmm. Now you've told, you, you've just immediately changed, yeah. you know, right. so it's all right. about a choice. But I think the more that we pay attention to the things that we say, we don't realize how powerful our words are in reinforcing our behavior. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so what happens is it's like our language reinforces our behavior. Our behavior reinforces our language and it just becomes a cycle. So yeah. it's like, at what point do you just stop? And the easiest thing to stop is our language because it's like the things that we do are habitual. But a lot of times we can break those habits just by reframing the things that we say. Yeah, I know. I use that technique a lot. Uh, I like that. What are other, we, we did can and a couple of things. Is there any other trigger words or, or popular words that, that bring you into that mindset that we don't even consciously think about? One of the biggest things, and also too, and I typically do this in, in my, my workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I remember UCLA did a study years and years ago, and it's interesting because our language, like communication, mm-hmm. all communication, you know, words only make up 7% of our language. Sure. You know, so you have 38%, which is tone, but 55% is body language. Mm-hmm. So the, the majority of our communication is our body language. And so there's ways that we can even speak to ourselves through our body, Mm. regardless of the things that we say, because a lot of times the things that we say reinforce how we feel and it reinforces how we look and feel even in our body. And I remember um, there was a study done by a lady named Amy Cuddy, Mm -hmm. uh, probably about eight or 10 years ago called The Power Pose. You know, it's Mm -hmm. really popularized now. I think she did a Uh, TED Talk as well, too. Phenomenal TED Talk. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. It was really good. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I encourage people to do as well is uh, is practice doing a power pose, you know, whether it's yeah. the Superman or Superwoman, whichever one, you know, you want to do. Yeah. But but do that because um, I want to say like do it in the mirror. But there are mm-hmm. some people that have so much shame that they can't start mm. there. You know, sometimes yeah. you you do it in the mirror, but turn your back to the mirror. And maybe Ooh. over time, you can face the mirror to actually see yourself as that. But mm-hmm. what I tell people to do is do a power pose and smile the whole time you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because number one, it reinforces things you know, within your body, yeah. but it also reinforces things in your mind. Because you think about it, when we smile and when we frown, we activate and stimulate the left and right brain. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things like, like we don't even think about it, but our muscle fascia in our faces stimulate and activate the left and right brain. So when you do a power pose and you smile, it stimulates and reinforces things that are like, you know, related to your confidence and self-esteem, but more so just your internal self-image, mm-hmm. but also your, your head talk. You know, another uh, good technique um, I, I tell people is every time you walk through a doorway, when you walk through that doorway, smile, chest up, and, and, it, and you, and you kind of, it's a simple thing and you're not looking in a mirror. I never thought about that. But every time you walk through a doorway, if you stand up, you smile and, and then, uh, you also, if you walk to a conference room or a meeting or something like that, you're instantly going to start to just kind of come in there and that, um, with that big smile and that big confidence and stuff like that. And that's a nice way to not have to look in the mirror, which is nice. And every time you just do it in your, around your house, if you put a little post-it on top of your doorway or something like that, just to kind of remind yourself or something like that, you can help that. I think that helps a lot too. I've helped people with that as well. Man, I wish I could give you a virtual high five. That's yeah, a good that. like that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I, I got it from, uh. I think Jordan Harbinger or something, I heard it and I was like, well, that's another good way to do it. And I never, when you said that about the mirror, I never thought about people not being able to look themselves in the mirror. Yeah. Like, that's something that just never occurred to me. And if you can't, I think this doorway drill will help you be able to start to build that confidence and look yourself in the mirror. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. What about, what about um, these, these different things in the realm of, of social media, whether helping or hindering or whatever's happening with that? Is, what are you seeing with that? Man, I think I'm about to become very unpopular. That's okay. <laughs> it, Let's it, talk about it. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is this, you know, and people would disagree with me, 
Sure. But I think I think social media is um, I won't say the biggest thing, but one mm. of the biggest things that kills self-esteem, confidence, but it reinforces negative self-head talk, mm. you know, because we don't realize as humans, we naturally compare ourselves to people, you know, and a, lo- a large part of that is just for our very survival. I mean, we compare ourselves to, to different things. It's like, OK, I'm out in the woods and I see this figure that looked like it's nine feet tall and I'm only six foot, I need to compare myself, okay, because they have a better chance of killing me than me surviving. Mm -hmm. So we have a natural tendency to compare ourselves. And when you're on social media, you see at least a thousand things. If you look for just one hour, you can see a thousand things that will prove how horrible you are, how broke you are, no matter how much money you got, no, yeah. it, how horrible your relationship is, mm-hmm. how horrible you are with your children, you know, why you don't. So you can find so yeah. many different horrible things on social media. But what people fail to realize is that most of what you see online is not real. Yeah. Those people, that one picture, that one picture that they put up, man, that probably took hours and hours mm-hmm. of getting the right setting and the right mood and the lighting mm-hmm. like they they spent a lot of time yeah. photoshopping if you will without sure. photoshop mm-hmm. that specific image you know and the yeah. thing is this you know people they're not honest about their full life because i'm like listen if you're going to post something post everything yeah you know let, let's post you know when you were late on that bill how you felt and when you were crying because your kid did this, you know, or mm-hmm. when you woke up in the morning, you smelled your own breath and you almost fell out. Let's post like everything, you know? <laughs> and, and so when you, when it comes to social media, it, it really damages people's self-esteem because they're, they're comparing their reality to somebody's fictitious story that they really made up that they themselves know is not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's funny. I think back to this, this, I have a friend, he's got a pretty large Instagram account. And um, we do this um, acrobatic yoga class and stuff together. And there's this one thing he did. Uh, he tried to do some kind of flip or something like that. And it's just hor- it went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. He's like, <laughs> I want to post this, but I haven't, I haven't got it yet, so I can't. And I was like, well, why don't you post it and let people know, hey, look, this is the first time I've ever tried this. Look where I'm at. Let me yeah. check back in a year and see my progress. And he's like, I can't do that. People are going to yeah. think I'm, I'm shitty and I can't do this. And it's like. Wow, like I like posting those failures. I think it's oh, fun. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love it. I like I like posting the weird crap that happens and, and because people real relate to that. They can identify with it. They're yeah. like, oh, you're normal just like me. Right. Right. You know, and I think people want to be human. It's like like I think social media is a devil where it's sort of like it could be a great yeah. thing, but I think so often people are just scared to truly be themselves and mm-hmm. they, they think they have to be who whatever would get them likes and shares or whatever, yeah. and not realizing that look the real you will probably get you more likes and shares than the fake you. And you probably got some enemies that don't like you because of the fake, you know, falsification that mm-hmm. you posted. But, but I do think that people are, are scared to be themselves. And it's one of those yeah. things that, you know, it's, it's an addiction that once you start, you can't stop to a certain extent. Yeah. Because it's like when you, when you post something, you get a lot of likes and, you know, you got to worry about that somebody comment on it mm-hmm. and if they comment on it and I didn't like their comment or say something back about their comment. Are they going to yeah. be mad at me? You know, mm-hmm. so it's it, it it causes so much anxiety yeah. within humans, period. You know, and, and I think it's one of those things that we all don't realize. And I'm putting my, I'm saying we me, me put myself in it. Yeah, me too. We don't realize how much of an addiction that it is because it's so common. 
Yeah. You know, it's like you, we know heroin, crack, mm-hmm. all of those things, alcohol. Those things are mm-hmm. very addictive, but it's like social media is the one thing that universally all 7 billion people eventually will have this same thing in common. And mm-hmm. so because it's so common, we don't really look at it as an issue. But when you really look yeah. at the, the depth of relationships that whether it's people in your home, or your kids or whatever, or you go out to restaurants mm-hmm. and you see people looking at their phones, it's like that's kind of telling you where we are as a society and yeah. it's fracturing our relationships because a lot of us know that we should be doing something different, but we're so drawn to, man, I got to get back to that status update. You know, mm-hmm. or I got to find this other thing to post. Or it's been a week and I haven't posted anything, man. People are going to think like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think it caused a lot yeah. of anxiety, you know, and it, it reinforces negative head talk, you know, for a lot of us. Yeah, I, I see that. So I was I was noticing this morning, uh, stopped at a stoplight and and I'm just looking around and it's every single person I looked at was on their phone. Yeah. You can't even stop at a stoplight for 14 seconds and not pull out your phone. Yeah. And I was just like, dang, I was, it yeah. blows my mind. And that's the thing too, I was, I, I, I talked to people all the time. I was like, if you, if I was addicted to cocaine, we would have a problem, but this right. is the same mechanism. This is the yeah. same problem and, and everything's okay. Like, why is that? It just, it blows my mind and, and people just don't associate the, the difference. And, and it's, it's modeled on that addictive behavior that, um, variable reward system, it's just like exactly. gambling, just like all these other things. Yeah. It's, it's tricks your brain and it's hard. It, it's taken me a long time to really just break that habit and, and uh, um, my newest addiction now is how little screen time can I have on my phone? I have a app, <laughs> app on my Android phone um, by Google. It's like Action Dash or something like that or whatever. Yeah. And uh-huh. my my latest goal is to be under two hours of screen time for the day. That's so awesome. Some days I get it. Some days I'm like three hours. I'm like, dang, I'm like, I was on my phone too much today. Yeah. But I, what I was noticing is um, my phone will just be on. And I'm not doing anything on it, but the screen is on. You know, yeah. a book is playing or a podcast or something is playing and it's kind of messing with my time. And then I notice, then I, I look at it and I, oh, what, there's a message. Okay, then, well, what is this? <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, three or four minutes later, I'm like, oh man, I'm scrolling through this thing. What am I even doing? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. But it's like, looking yeah. for, it's like you're saying, looking for that, that reward, looking for that, that validation or whatever it is. Right. Who I am. Look at how everybody loved that. I'm funny or whatever. So much yeah. we can unpack with that. I know you're short on time. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say like the other thing too is, and I'm sure you might've experienced this as well, is like sometime you, you go on social media Mm -hmm. for something very specific. And by the time you get there two minutes later, you forgot what you even went there for. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I'm guilty, you know, and every, every morning I go to, I have a thought, Oh, that's a good quote or whatever. I was reading and I post something. And then the next thing I'm I'm like, Oh, who's the 49ers did what? Oh, what's going on with (laughs) that? I'm like, what am I doing on here? I don't even remember. Definitely, definitely. A uh, yeah. couple quick questions real quick. Is there any okay. habits recently you've added or removed from your life? Yes. So there's habits that I've added. Um, one of them is getting up every morning by six and drinking 32 ounces of water. Okay. Um, the other thing is meditation. Because yeah. uh, I've learned that even with, you know, um, my exposure to like social media and just the internet and computer, like my mind is continuously racing on the next thing, the next idea, so many things. And it's, and it's just like, I'm always on. Yeah. And I noticed that be, since I've been meditating, it's like my mind kind of calms itself. You know, I sleep better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel more rested. I'm more alert, aware. Uh, my senses are a lot more, you know, in tune. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are two things. Um, one thing that I've also instituted is when I have negative health, you know, self-talk, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do something called eye scramble. Okay. And what eye scramble is, is just you looking from your, your left into your right, you know, just back and forth mm-hmm. and you're saying your ABCs. Oh, okay. You know, and what it does is like whatever your mind is on, it just scrambles the mind and it, it's like a, a pattern interrupt, you know, kind of okay. like if you and your, your, your son or somebody's walking down the street and you just see like an orange monkey that starts chasing you. It's like yeah. whatever you was talking about is gone. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, like mind scramble is a way for me to trick my mind into focusing on something else just long enough for me to insert it there. You know, mm-hmm. whether I'm thinking about something negative or what somebody said or what I should have done better. It's like, I'll just do eye scramble, you know, just, you know, eyes back and forth and just saying my ABCs out loud. Cause that's the key too. Cause you want to, you know, use your language to impact your ear. Mm-hmm. So I say it out loud and then I'll just interrupt that pattern and introduce something else in my mind, you know, like, okay, uh, what am I grateful for today? You know, who, yeah. who can I empower today? You know, uh, that gratitude letter, who's next on my list to write a gratitude letter for mm-hmm. you know? Um, I like that. Yeah. That's a good, uh, way to, 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 to that pattern interrupt. That's, I like that. That's nice. Well, we, we'll all be sitting around and standing in line at the grocery store, but like, <laughs> we all know where we got it from. <laughs> I love it. Chris, you got so much great stuff. I love what you got going on. I think where can people get a hold of you, learn more about what you're doing and, and, and everything you have? Um, obviously on social media, if you, you know, look up uh, Chris Cannon, uh, YouTube, uh, my latest project, guyologysecrets.com, you know, okay. people can go there. Um, and that's kind of like where a, a lot of the confidence, uh, information is funneling. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, those that work with youth, uh, fighting for youth.com, okay. the number four, that's okay. uh, another one of the, you know, companies that I run, uh, okay. but, but pretty much those two places, um, is, is where people can find me. So guyologysecrets.com okay. and fightingforyouth.com is probably the, the best way. Perfect. I'll link everything in the show notes for everybody. So don't, don't worry guys. It's easy to get to. Uh, and then the last thing here uh, on the social community show, we like to do a weekly challenge. I'd okay. like to, I'd like to issue you the challenge to, to either something we talked about maybe, or an idea or concept, whatever it is, doesn't necessarily matter, but I want to give you the opportunity to issue this week's challenge. Um, what I would challenge, if you don't mind, it's like two and the same. Sure. I would challenge somebody to do exactly what you said, to challenge themselves to less than two hours of social media per day. Mm-hmm. But I would also challenge people to to do a power pose. And if you're at a point where you have so much guilt and shame that you can't look in the mirror, mm-hmm. I would challenge you to still get in front of the mirror, but turn your back to it. Mm-hmm. And I would do that at least every day for 14 days or more just to kind of get into that mindset of empowering yourself, you know, mentally through the communication with your body. I love that. So limit our screen time to less than two hours and power posing, whether facing the mirror or looking away, whatever you got to do to start. Definitely. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate everything you have going on. Everybody check it out. Check what he's got going on. He's got a lot of great stuff, a lot more, a lot more information, a lot more stuff, especially on that confidence and stuff. I really, really love. Uh, thank you for your time. All right. Take care, Tyson. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. You too. Wow. That was fun. I, I, I know it was a short one, uh, Chris. It was on a time schedule, but what great info in there. A lot of great things. I love, uh, I love, I love the, the different things about um, being enough and, and, and can't, and I'm sorry. Those are 
good trigger words. I never really thought too much about, especially I'm sorry. Uh, this is something we, we just kind of rolls off the tongue all the time. And I'm going to be conscious about saying that. I'm going to try and take that out of my vocabulary, try and start to catch myself on that. Um, if this is something you you have a friend or family, whatever it is, colleague that you think this could help, please share it with us with them is the best way to support the show if you like what we got going on you guys can connect with us all week long in the social community show on facebook instagram and twitter don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app if you're new to the show or if you like the video version head over to youtube and subscribe there for everything we talked about here today and past episodes you can visit socialcommunity.show until next time keep learning keep growing and keep transforming to the person you want to become